it's Chris Wendelkin, and this is On The Line, the NBA Deep Dive Podcast. I hope you're doing well. If you're new to the show, um, you can check out previous episodes on our website, onthelinepodcast.com. You can hop into an old deep dive, an old draft. Uh, we just did a three-part series on our Vita Sabonis. All that stuff is up there on the website. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe to us and Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. It really helps us out a lot. All right, guys. Welcome back. Hope you're doing well. It's September. Uh, the weather here in New York City has been freaking awesome. It's cooling a little bit. It's that like nice jacket weather. That means the NBA season is not far away. I'm very excited about that. We are doing a fun draft today. Ben and I are going to be drafting our all-time favorite, the most influential bald NBA players. This is this is natural balds. We're not talking about shaved balds. We're not talking about Bix. We're talking about naturally balding NBA players. Ben and I will get into all the particulars, all the specifics. So here it is. Let's just hop into it. This is part one of the Balds Draft with Ben Croft. All right, we're back on the line from his basement in Philadelphia is my co-host, Ben Craw. Ben, happy fall. There's a chill in the air. How you feeling? I'm feeling great, Chris. Um, actually, a little bit of news for you. Yeah. I have uh, I have been upgraded from my uh, my executive uh, basement suite to a bedroom no uh, shit. suite. Yeah. So wow, you're moving on up. I am. Yeah, really, really big step for me. I've uh, I've I've made it to uh, to the the top floor of our of my home. Yeah. Um, to uh, to to do all my uh, important uh, duties here at, at, uh, at my OTL so Philadelphia you, branch man. office. Very, yeah, very yeah. proud of you. I mean, well deserved promotion for you, Ben. Yeah, thanks. I like I like to think so. Man, listen, it's September. We are it is. we are out of the summer months here. It is September. It's the fall. Uh, there's a chill in the air. You got some people walking around New York City here with like a light jacket on. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. The NBA season, Ben, is not that far off. Uh, it's not, Chris. We only have a few uh, more precious weeks to squeeze in <laughs> uh, all, all of the uh, the fabulous episodes that we have planned uh, before fired... we have to go back to watching actual basketball. I know. How fired up are you that we will soon be previewing the state of the league? Like that is that is not that far off. Yeah, that's. I can't even really wrap my head around it at this point. I know. Uh, I'm I, I I not like, at all in that I, I've, space. Yeah, I've very much been in the headspace. Like, we've had such a fun summer doing drafts and deep dives, and I want to let the audience know, like, we're definitely going to be continuing that stuff during the course of the league. Um, mm-hmm. We'll, you know, we'll just be mixing it in throughout, like, epi- you know, different episodes or whatever. But I've just been so locked in on, you know, the Sabonis stuff and our our jerseys draft and, you know, all the different drafts that we've been doing that, you know, it's, it's been like a kind of, kind of a nice break from thinking about like the nitty gritty of, of the NBA, you know, the, the current state of the league, but we are going to be back talking RJ Barrett, uh, very soon here, Ben. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Um, we are. Uh, can't, uh, can't, can't wait for, uh, for our, yeah. Breathless R.J. Barrett preview episode, but nonetheless, Ben, today we we are going to be discussing a very different topic. Um, That's right. Let me say, Ben, uh, hymns, keeps, Roman, Propecia, Rogaine. <laughs> ben, these are products that we will not be endorsing on the line. No. Uh, simply put, 
We are embracing the bald today, Ben. We are That's going right. to be doing a draft of naturally bald NBA players. Yes, we are. We are uh, diving into the balds now. Um, before anyone gets too excited, uh, ooh, uh, mm-hmm. best uh, you know bald uh, mm-hmm. players of all time: Michael Jordan, sure. Charles Barkley, Shaquille sure. O'Neal. Sorry, everyone. Uh, those are not the balds uh, wow. that we will be focusing on. I <laughs> uh, hate to break it to you, um, but we're going to have to uh, to just disabuse you immediately mm-hmm. right at the top here. That's not the kind of bald we're talking about, is nope. it, Chris? No, we are talking about a natural bald, not an artificial yes. bald. We are not talking about a haircut bald. We are talking about a natural bald. So, Ben, yeah. let's let's outline the parameters a little bit here. This is uh, any spectrum of baldness. We're talking res- right. receding hairlines. We're talking, you know, fully bald. Um, you know, you, the the whole spectrum of of male uh, hair loss here. We are interested in. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Anything from thinning hair to right. uh, to you know a- a- any uh, gradient of of uh, balding or patchiness. Um, that's right. As long as it's organic, as long as it is uh, what Mother Nature intends, um, <laughs> we are. Uh, yeah, that's 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 what our Ben on the line. On today. the line, we do not shame the loss of hair. Rather, we say bald is beautiful. It's very beautiful. That is a very important uh, point here, Chris. Yeah. We are not drafting these players uh, to this ridicule is, them. This is not a parody. We are, this we is are drafting them to celebrate their celebrate, beauty, their baldness. Celebrate baldness. Celeb- celebrate being who you are, where you're at, uh, uh, with absolutely. or without hair. And yeah, um, yeah Ben, I, I couldn't be more excited. I will, uh, I'll say just a word at the top here, you know, I was thinking of, you know, I, I'm always very, as we both are very strategic in my approach. Um, oh, yeah, as always. And, you know, you and I have been texting throughout the course of the week, of course. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I've been thinking a lot about, like, who, who, who would I take first? Who would I take second? Who am I trying to get in a third round? Mm-hmm. And I think oftentimes you and I sort of come to this conclusion that like, oh, sometimes you really got to you, you, you really got to be sneaky and try to get someone in the third <laughs> round or, you know, try to try to your favorite guy in, in the second round. Uh-huh. I can I confess, Ben, my strategy is very different here. Um, I am. Really? Yeah, I'm not I'm not wasting any energy. Um, and I, I understand I will maybe be the subject of uh, some critique. Maybe the aggregators are going to have their way with me here. I don't okay. care. Hey, have, wow. at, have wow. at it, aggregators. You're welcoming the yeah. aggregators. Bring it on, just... aggregators. I'm wow. saying I'm going for my number one bald, and I understand it's it's. Listen, this is my bald. This is not your yeah. bald. This is not the internet's bald. This is this is, uh, you know, everyone's gonna have their different uh, their, their different bald rankings or whatever. On different You're firing straight directly straight from, your from heart. the heart. Straight from mm. the heart. Yeah, love that. Love so, that approach. I kind of feel like that is. The only real true strategy, yeah. I, 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 as you and I have discussed, there's something about this draft in particular, um, and these players, where I, I feel like we've both experienced this. It's, it there's like a deeper bond that has developed yes. as I have been researching and exploring these men, yep. uh, their heads, their careers. Yep. Um, it's really there's something very special, which obviously we'll be unpacking throughout the course of this draft. Um, 
But, uh, but yeah, obviously, uh, that strategy that, that, that you're laying out makes perfect sense to me. Um, I don't well, really see other, any other way to do it. The other thing is, like, I, I, I think that we've had, uh, we've had drafts in previous years where, uh, in, in, we've had drafts in, 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 uh, in previous episodes where, there was some metric where you could say, ah, oh, or we just know each other well enough where it's like, ah, oh, right. I bet Ben's going to go here with his first. There's a pick. bit of a consensus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, so I'm, I'm, I bet he's going here. So I'm, I'm going to zig if he's going to zag. I have mm-hmm. to say, I have no idea where you're going with your balls. And nor, I, nor do I. Yeah. I don't think you necessarily know where I'm going with mine. And I, I, I came to the conclusion at a point this morning where I was like, I just need to pick what's in my heart. And yeah. I, can't, I can't worry about what Ben is thinking. I can't worry about where he's going with his draft. I need to be me. I need to do me. Yeah. So, Ben, uh, you have the first overall selection in our wow, last I draft, do. the okay. jerseys. Oh, oh, okay. Sorry. Whoa, I got excited there. Uh, so you have the first pick in this draft. That means I have the first overall balls. <sighs> Shit. Wow. All right. So, uh, Ben, without here further ado, here we go. Um, with my first overall selection in round one of the ball draft, uh, Team CW is very proud to select none other than Clyde Drexler. Oh, Clyde the Glide. Ben, are we are we fully aware of what a filthy dunker Clyde Drexler was? <laughs> Um, I am pretty pretty well aware. Yes. Yeah, I'm not totally sure. I mean, I could always use a memory mm-hmm. refresher. I'm not totally sure why this fact sometimes eludes me. Why it's maybe lost on myself and maybe the the greater NBA community at large. And frankly, it may have something to do with the association and stereotypes that we make about baldness and and bald mm-hmm. men. Ben, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. I think there is maybe some prejudice or, like I said, some stereotyping about like athleticism, like. Can a bald guy really be, you know, like a leaper or whatever? Ben, Clyde Drexler was uncompromisingly powerful, smooth, mm-hmm. and downright like acrobatic moving oh, towards yeah. the rim. Sally on Drexler. saying this without reservation put him in the company now i'm talking about dominique wilkins put him in the company of michael jordan in terms of Mm -hmm. attacking the rim i'm not saying he was the same player as those guys i'm not saying he was as good as those guys i'm just saying you got this guy in the open court driving to the rim this guy was as explosive as they came um Mm -hmm. the the explosiveness was eye-popping with clyde drexler so if you're listening at home and and you think i'm crazy you think i'm making this up look it up the guy is the guy was like an effing magician um you know he's some kind of like hybrid of like a a, a, like a jazz musician and a gymnast (laughs) And like a break dancer and like a weightlifter, man. Like his mm. his agility, the athleticism mixed with the power and the speed was off the charts. I've said this before about guys like Vince Carter. When mm-hmm. when you looked at old footage of Clyde Drexler, it's like watching an HD performance shot in standard definition. You know, mm. it's jarring. Clyde Drexler yeah. moved at a speed with a rhythm like very few of his peers. Um, and you know, he obviously had just like a wonderful career with the, uh, with the Portland trailblazers, obviously, uh, went over and played the, the, uh, talent of his career with the Houston Rockets, where he eventually won an NBA championship in 1995, 10 time all-star Ben, uh, he hmm. was an all NBA first teamer in 1992, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and let's talk specifically o- Olympic Olympic gold medalist. Olympic gold medalist. Let's 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 talk a little bit about the hair now. Drexler yeah. was uncompromisingly bald. Then mm-hmm. uh, you know the man never ever ever shied away from his hair loss. In fact, I'd go as far as saying that Clyde Drexler wore his his thinning hair like it was a goddamn badge of honor. Um, yeah, you know, like this. This is the guy well, that was saying, "Like, hey, everybody, look at me. Look at my yeah. scalp. Look at my scalp. Look what I can do without a full head of hair, and mm-hmm. you know, I can do that. I can do things that very few NBA players can do, and I'm doing that without very much hair, without a full head of hair on my head. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, it gave him some aerodynamic uh, abilities. You know, less is more. I don't need hair. I don't want hair. I love myself. I'm Clyde Drexler. I fly through the air. I soar. I dunk. I hit threes. I'm an NBA champ. Um, Clyde Drexler, my first overall selection in round one. Ben, any thoughts you want to share? Any memories here that you have of Clyde the Glide Drexler? Yeah, it's an awesome pick. Uh, I would say the only thing filthier than his uh, mid-air game sure. was his hairline. Yep. Um, I, I mean, I think as with every other aspect of Clyde's career, we have to sort of juxtapose him with his contemporary, his peer, Michael Jordan, yep. um, who, of course, took a drastically different route um, in in dealing with his own personal baldness. This is true. Um, I feel like these guys probably started losing their hair at right about the same time. Um, yeah, so I sent you some photos there. I mean, it's, Yeah, I'm looking at these photos. A couple of them are, in fact, side by side yeah, with uh, I inten- Jordan. I intentionally sent a couple photos with him standing next to Jordan. It's like, it's, just, it's just a reminder that, like, you know, you had one guy there that was truly proud and unashamed of his baldness. And another guy, and and I don't I don't um, I don't judge Jordan or anything like that, because uh, Jordan is a natural bald. But mm-hmm. well, uh, he was a natural bald until he did, made a decided decision. to become until he made a decision. That's right. Now I will say this: Did you um, in in making this uh, as your very first selection? Um, did you consider at all uh, Clyde's later years uh, on the Houston Rockets, uh, during which I believe. He did do the full head shave. Yeah, um, I, I, I don't consider t- like I I I, I will uh, put this out there now. Okay, um, <laughs> I want to make this very clear right now. I don't begrudge uh, uh-huh. anyone that made a haircut choice if they uh, if they if they had a period in the league where they were em- where they were embracing their bald, living their right. living their best bald life. And right. then, and then ultimately, ultimately made a fashion choice. That's fine. Yeah, That's yeah, fine. yeah. That makes sense because let's be clear. He, it's not like Clyde shaved his head. You know, the, at the first uh, inkling he had that that he might be, uh, you know, losing his hair. No, Clyde the, had the, a full the guy crown. Was unabashedly I mean, bald. He had a uh, crown balding, of is. hair. Yeah, he had a crown mm-hmm. of hair and what had like a naked dome on the top. And yeah. this was a guy. It was, was a beautiful combination of of widow's peak in the front yep. and and just full bald patch yep. in the back. Yep, it was really like a a, a fantastic combination um, of like different types of baldness all on the same head. Again, my criteria for selecting him first overall here, Ben, is um, I just felt like this was a man that kind of constantly played second fiddle. Uh, throughout throughout the course of his career and like has the narrative of being second fiddle to Michael Jordan. And Mm -hmm. I really feel like, you know, I'm not saying he was as good of a player, but 
he was certainly in his company and had the freakish athleticism and embraced his baldness. Again, did mm-hmm. not shy away from being bald, was happily bald, was living his best bald life. And, you know, this is a guy that led his team to the NBA finals when he was on the Portland Trailblazers, ultimately mm-hmm. losing to Jordan uh, two times, mm-hmm. right? In in ninety two, uh, no, just no, once just in, in, in ninety two. Yeah, 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 yeah. However, he did lose to the uh, Pistons in I want to say eighty nine or ninety. Okay, that, uh, that I think ni- ninety. That, uh, then that's uh, what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah so yeah. two time finalist, but lost right. in both finals. Right. Um. But but yeah. Yeah, I just but then eventually I, 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 did get I, his I, ring in ninety five. I yeah. just felt like he was someone that was constantly again like a second fiddle in in the uh in the great nba player narrative conversation that we have this is someone that we we, you know we're always sort of like poo-pooing a little bit and Mm -hmm. this was an acrobat like i said this was an acrobat that flew through the air uh dunked with with absolute power speed uh, athleticism grace um was just a freak, man, an absolute yeah. freak with those knee-high yeah. socks, a prominent mustache, a really beautiful bald head, um, mm-hmm. and and just would just glide through the air. So uh, yeah. it's a great honor. Uh, I'm very I'm very proud that I could select him first overall. He's Clyde Drexler is someone that I would like to see get more love, um, and uh, I'm I'm happy we can be part of that process here on the line. I love this selection. Uh, support everything about it. Great, Thanks. great first pick. All right, you're on the clock, man. Okay, wow, here we go. So with my first pick for Team BC, I am going with legendary NBA power forward, Nate Thurmond. Wow, holy smokes. Now, Nate Thurmond might not be uh, the most familiar name uh, to some of our listeners. Uh, He played in an era, you know, before I think a lot of uh, current or, or modern NBA fans really, you know, really concern themselves with. Um, he had an incredible career there. Uh, the, however, um, in the in the 1960s, 1970s, um, overshadowed uh, at always, always, much like Clyde Drexler, he was a. Uh, Constantly in the shadow of people like Will Chamberlain. Nate Thurman, he was an incredible defensive basketball player. He played me as well as Bill Russell. Russell. He was strong with his incredible long arms because the top of his reach was like that much more than than mine. Nate Thurman, one of the great shot blockers we've had in the NBA. Nate Thurman would have to be recognized as one of the best defensive players that's ever played the game. Man, let me talk to you a little bit about Nate Thurman. Hey, uh, Ben, am I looking at a, a photos of a basketball player, or is this a bodybuilder? This is a yeah. absolute hulk of a man. Yeah, so the first thing you'll notice if you uh, search for images of Nate Thurman is that this man was built like a goddamn brick shithouse. This he is incredible. was a fucking unit, yeah. okay? This was now... I don't know if like anabolic steroids existed in the 1960s. This is I don't think they yeah. I don't think they did. <laughs> yeah. But this dude like no one else in the National Basketball League looked like this man. He was 
a a a statue sculpted from fucking granite. This um, is like we're talking Mark McGuire biceps. We're talking Jose Canseco biceps. Kevin Willis. He looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Veins, he has the arms. The veins of Arnold Schwarzenegger pop, popping out of I'll the arms. Yeah. The this difference is, is that Arnold Schwarzenegger was a six foot two professional bodybuilder, bodybuilder. <laughs> and Nate Thurmond was a six foot eleven uh-huh. giant. So he looked like that. Like I mean, when you compare him to like. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, or even yep. uh, Wilt Chamberlain, who was an incredibly strong, yep. uh, you know, center. Um, he he just he's like twice as thick, um, and, and 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 just fucking jacked out of his mind. And importantly, for our purposes here, one of the most beautifully, perfectly balding men I have ever seen. Yeah, um, a picture a picture of baldness, you might say. It's something about the way his baldness kind of complements the rest of his body mm. where the baldness is is instead of you know i feel like uh, there is a lot of um uh uh what's the word um you know there there's a um, like a lot of shame yeah. and um and stigma attached uh to to baldness um obviously uh male baldness in particular because it seems uh as though it is a sign of a, like a lack of, of virility a lack of masculinity it's like something uh that that uh denotes weakness or um you know uh, otherwise uh, a genetic uh sort of shortcoming but not so for Nate Thurman this man um it was almost like he instead of trying to you know, uh, uh, cover up his baldness with, uh, you know, with, with various, uh, you know, tonics and tinctures of, of, uh, you know, dubious source, uh, or, or any sort of, uh, hair products. Um, he instead, uh, embraced his baldness and, and, and fueled all of that, like, uh, male, um, kind of just, uh, strength and virility and beauty into his, the rest of his body, and God, it just like yeah, man. It just works. It works so well. This um, is again. This is a picture of baldness. This is a picture of masculinity. This is a picture of strength. This is yeah. a picture of just complete like acceptance and loving oneself. Yeah, um, my. And God. now, let me make another very important point here. There's a few pictures that I sent you in that email. Um, where early in his career, so uh, so Nate Thurmond uh, c- came into the NBA in 1963. Um, he was drafted by the uh, then San Francisco Warriors um, and was, in fact, uh, as a rookie, he was the backup to Wilt Chamberlain, if you can believe wow. um, uh, the, that, that pairing uh, on an NBA team. So this guy, um, just to sum up, he is a, uh, a legendary, he's a Hall of Famer, one of the, um, he was named one of the 50 greatest players in the, on that ni- uh, you know, 1996 uh, list that the NBA put out, um, seven-time All-Star, uh, he was... Um, you know, just a, a prolific uh, big man, rebounder, shot blocker, um, you know, controlled the paint, um, played, uh, let's see, played uh, for about 11 years with the uh, with the Warriors, um, and then uh, kind of finished up his career with a, a couple uh, years in Chicago, and then, uh, and then Cle- Cleveland at the end there. Um, but uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's awesome. Again, not really well remembered. Um, cause he, uh, you know, was just always sort of overshadowed, never won an NBA championship. Um, but, uh, but anyway, uh, getting back to, uh, his baldness specifically. So I found some photos, uh, searching on, on Getty, which, uh, 
has proven to be an indispensable resource for uh, for uh, a lot of these drafts that we've been doing. Um, so some of those photos that I sent you, if you scroll down uh, to some of the uh, the black and white ones uh, I found from 1967. Yes. So as I mentioned, Thurman entered the league in uh, in 1963. Um, he definitely. Uh, you know, his, his hairline was receding by like the mid sixties, you know, his age 24, 25, uh, seasons around there. And, uh, it appears to me from my research that, uh, in, in, uh, around 1967, he began actually shaving his head. Uh, there's a shot from like April 67 that I yep. found of him battling Will Chamberlain under the boards. Uh, and another one from October 67, where he almost looks like a young Charles Barkley. Yeah, dude, um, like the, the pencil-thin mustache and the bald head, the hulking physique, it does yeah. look Barkley-like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you can tell, uh, if you look at those photos closely, that um, while he has a shaved head, he clearly, the, the top of his head is a little bit smoother, I would say, than the sides. Mm. So it, it, it seems to me that he was actually shaving at this point, um, however, if you keep scrolling down, there's another shot of him in December of 1968. So maybe about a year later, um, where he's sitting on a, on a bench in, yep. uh, in a suit. Um, and, and clearly there, his hair is, is back out. It's, uh, it's, it's not shaved, but his forehead is dominating like, you know, fully half of, of, of his head. Um, and by that point, it seems to me like he had made the, very rare uh choice to uh let his baldness flourish and and uh and and to show it off to the world um unabashedly and Mm -hmm. proudly um and that is how he he uh carried himself through uh through the rest of his career um and uh yeah by by the uh late 60s and 70s um he was rocking the beard the full beard with uh with the uh pretty thick um thick head of hair but like it's like not even like a little bit balding it's like only it's almost like a, a perfect 50 50 split down yeah. the top of his head where there's hair in the back and absolutely no hair in the front um and um it's just breathtaking it's it's a beautiful thing he also has really a great sh- really what it is is an extension of his face right yeah like yeah it's just you just get more of what you already love which is nate thurmond right yeah like, and he has an awesome forehead that kind of slopes back and right. and like he has this um this kind of like peaked dome uh uh shaped skull where um i don't know it all just works together very very well it's very very pleasing to the eye um and i just love i give him so much credit um for for making that choice, you know, whenever it was 1960, late 67, 68, um, of saying, no, I'm going to embrace my, my baldness. I'm not going to shave this off. Um, and, uh, and I'm going to be a, a proud balding man. And yeah, he's just the best. He's such a badass. Um, I mean, this is just such an imposing look. I mean, this yeah. is a guy I, you know, we were too young to see him play live, but like, I imagine this is a guy that could have made the enforcers draft, right? Like, do you, oh, you, yeah, just such a picture of intimidation, a picture of masculinity, of confidence, of no nonsense. Uh, it's just, I mean, here's the thing. Beautiful. He had, he had the game to back it up. Car into Nate Thurman. Thurman rolls the long hook shot off the glass and in. Nate the Great using the glass going over the This was a guy who regularly averaged uh, 20 points and 20 rebounds. 20 um, the, rebounds. Averaged yeah. 20 rebounds. Over the course of his career, his career season, season average, 
No, sorry. His career uh, per game average for rebounds is 15. Oh, my God. Um, and, like, this is including, like, you know, his age 34 and 35 seasons <laughs> right. where he's getting, like, five a game. Which is um, what, like, Andre Drummond averaged last year, right? Like, yeah. you're saying, like, at, like his, at, his, at his weakest point, he was Andre Drummond. <laughs> so let me throw a couple numbers at you, Chris. Uh, uh, Nate Thurman holds the record for most rebounds in a single quarter. Um, that happened in, uh, in, on February 28, 1965, the Warriors were playing the Baltimore Bullets and Nate Thurmond hauled down 18 rebounds, wow. not in a game, wow. in a quarter. Wow. In a quarter. Oh my God. Yeah. Later, uh, later in 1965 on November 9th in a game against the Detroit Pistons, Nate Thurmond, uh, grabbed 42 rebounds in a game. 42? 42. Um, that is a number that has only been surpassed by Will Chamberlain and Bill Russell. And it's the number uh, he wore on his jersey as well. We should point that is out. true. That's yeah, incredible. That is true. 42 um, rebounds in a game? 42. Um, yeah, he was also just an, an incredible um, defensive juggernaut. Uh, he was uh, he was among you know the, the, the best uh, shot blockers in the league. Of course, the prime of his career came when uh, prior to shots, uh, block shots being recorded as an official stat. Um, so a lot of those numbers we, we don't even know, but, um, by the time he was, uh, 32 and 73, 74 was the first season they recorded blocks. Um, and he averaged 2.9 that year and he was 32 years old. Wow. Um, and, uh, in fact, uh, one more tidbit about, uh, a statistical tidbit about Thurman is that, um, uh, in, uh, 1970. Ah uh, yes. Uh, uh, on October eighteenth, nineteen seventy four, uh, he became the very first player in NBA history to record an official quadruple double. Oh my god! Um, yeah, this was his uh, his first game as a Chicago Bull. Um, he scored twenty two points, had fourteen rebounds, thirteen assists, and twelve block shots. Incredible. Um, yeah. So seventy. Uh, that was the seventy four seventy five season. Um, and uh yeah so the guy was just a freak um he was awesome also one very final little piece of trivia for you um as a child i had a uh a piece of uh a uh, an actual a nate thurman signature and the thing that he had signed was a bottle of Big Nate's barbecue sauce, um, <laughs> because following his playing career, uh, Nate Thurman opened a uh, little barbecue restaurant in San Francisco. Okay, um, that for some reason my parents went to when they were like going to visit some friends of theirs uh-huh. uh, who lived in San Fran. Um, shout out to uh, the Hills, uh, Rick and Marna, if you're listening. Um, uh, Rick Hill was a big hoops head, a big Warriors fan. Um, and he either knew Nate Thurmond or at least, uh, you know, knew of his restaurant. Um, so they went to his restaurant and Nate Thurmond signed a bottle of barbecue sauce uh, that my parents uh, brought back home to me uh, in, in Wilton, Connecticut. Um, and uh, I was I was pretty excited about that. Of course, at the time, as like a, you know, 11 year old, um, you know, burgeoning basketball fan, I really didn't know who the fuck Nate Thurmond was or like appreciate him. Um, so it's actually really... Uh, gratifying to to kind of come full circle wow. and uh, and picked him as my my very first selection in the Balds draft. Um, Incredible, man! Yeah, couldn't what, couldn't be more excited. What a phenomenal pick! Thank you for that history lesson. Uh, absolutely, you know, just 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 a legendary pick there. Uh, we are going to move on here, Ben, to round yeah. two. 
This will be the third overall selection in the draft. This is round two. Team CW is on the clock. I'll be drafting right. my, my second overall bald. So, oh Ben, boy. with the third overall pick here in round two, Team CW is very proud to select Lou Alcinder Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, a name that just came up uh, as we were talking just now. So, yep. Ben, um, where to begin? Uh, mm. You know, the, the goggles, the bald, the beard, the skyhook. Uh, the skyhook, which is a, is a shot that Magic Johnson called the prettiest shot that I've ever seen in my life. Larry, yeah, of course, it was the, also the number one pick in our uh, signature moves draft. Of course, Larry, yep. Larry Bird called the skyhook completely unguardable. Uh, Pat Riley said it was the most unstoppable weapon in the history of the NBA. Ford sends it to Kareem. Um, I mean, this guy, this guy had everything, man. The shake, the bake, he had balance, he had poise. He was just an absolute ballerina on the court. Um, the, the, the baseball style passes that he would throw down, down court, the out of nowhere blocks just swooping in, coming out of nowhere. Um, I mean, of course, uh, also, uh, Roger Murdoch from airplane. Of course, Um, Ben, this is a guy that just revolutionized the center position. Um, he just, a a fascinating, a fascinating person and a fascinating player. Probably as fascinating on the court, uh, off the court as he was on the court. Absolutely. Um, Honestly, if we wanted to do a deep dive on another uh, legendary center, I I would say that Kareem would be at the top of my list. Ben, this is a guy born and raised in Inwood. He was, he was greatly affected by the, the Harlem riots. He was greatly affected by the civil civil rights movement. Um, he was someone that idolized Wilt Chamberlain. Chamberlain actually allowed him to tag along as a fifteen year old on like yeah. when, when Chamberlain would have these like wild nights on the town. Um, uh, uh, I mean, Chamberlain's already like an NBA superstar, and yep. Kareem is like a little like you know they met each str- other at Ronnie High School kid. They met each other at Rucker Park and. Uh, and instantly, uh, Abdul Jabbar just or Lou Alcindor at this point just idolized the guy, and and Chamberlain kind of took him under his wing. And when Chamberlain made it to the NBA, every time he'd come through town, of course he was playing with the Philadelphia Warriors, I believe they were called at that time. He was mm-hmm. still living in New York, so he would take he would take Abdul Jabbar out with him. And uh, a funny story that I read was that he would have these like gorgeous like lavish suits you know these like really really beautiful like 60s era like suits you know and mm-hmm. because he was so big uh he would pass them along to abdul jabbar but the thing is uh wilt chamberlain would wear them like out at parties so they, uh, they were all stinky <laughs> of like smoke they're all sweaty amazing. he'd be on the dance uh, floor and so <laughs> uh kareem's parents were like hey man you, these are disgusting we have to throw these away uh, okay. um that's but, amazing yeah so i mean uh lou alcinder was a legend man i mean in the fall of 1967 so he's the number one high school prospect right and in, in, yeah. in in the nation yeah. Basically, his high school coach says to him, 
literally pick any college that you want to go to. They're going to have a basketball program. You're, you can play wherever you want. And so in the fall, uh, in, in the fall, he decides he wants to go play in, uh, in California, in Southern California at UCLA, play under John Wooden. Mm-hmm. And um, he's instantly, I mean, he is, he is like what LeBron James was when LeBron was at St. Vincent, St. Mary, you know, when he was like this high school phenomenon. Uh, Lou Alcindor was just a, a monster. You know, he was an yeah. instant sensation. So much, to the, so, so much so that in the fall of 1967, the NCAA banned the, dun- banned the slam dunk. They right. said you can't slam dunk the basketball. He was dunking too much. Can't do that. They said it was because they were afraid about players injuring themselves. They said it was an injury <laughs> concern. But let's be real, Ben. This was about trying to neutralize the great Lou Alcindor, right? Yeah. So unfazed, unfazed, Alcindor said, "No worries, and I'll just I'll perf- I'll perfect my my jump shot. I'll perfect my sky hook, and um, you know he just he just became a sensation. This is a guy that." Um, was very involved, like I said, in the civil rights movement. He, he, he. Uh, you know, after Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated, um, he took that to heart. He went to um, he went to a what was called at the time the Black Summit, which was a meeting with Cassius Clay, who later became Muhammad Ali, to discuss Ali's draft status. Eventually, mm-hmm. you know, Ali famously wouldn't enroll in the draft, right? Um, and uh, yeah, I mean the the guy the guy was just a legend. I could go on and on. Um, but from a hair perspective, let's yeah, talk. Let's talk about the hair a little let's, bit. Let's talk about this guy's hair. When we consider Abdul Jabbar, Ben, mm. um, I think it's imperative, like Michael Jordan, that we basically acknowledge that the man, the man Ab- Abdul Jabbar, he was superior on the court than all of his peers. You know, Abdul mm. Jabbar was. Abdul Jabbar was bigger than hair. I mean, Kareem mm-hmm. Kareem did not need hair. Frankly, Balds Balds were thrilled to have this guy. They felt so lucky to be graced with a role model like Kareem Abdul Jabbar. I mean, consider oh, yeah. consider the resume here: six-time NBA champ, two-time NBA Finals MVP, six-time. NBA MVP. He won the MVP six times. Insane. He was a 19-time NBA All-Star. That's not an mm-hmm. error. That that 19. Th- you heard that correctly. He made the All-Star team 19 times. Yeah. He Out was, of what 20 seasons that he played. Right. He was uh he w- he was a first-team All-NBA player for 10 years. He mm-hmm. had five times he was All-Defensive First Team. We could go on and on. I'm talking scoring S- titles. Yeah. Score. Well, scoring titles. He scored the most points out of any Ever. basketball player. Yeah. Yeah, and I would say that's a record that's going to be nearly impossible. To Pretty break. hard to break. Scoring titles, yeah. block titles, rebounding titles. Uh, Abdul Jabbar is regularly considered in the top what five to yeah, I would, three. I would say like literally five. three. Yeah, top three, three top five of greatest all time NBA players ever. You can talk about J- Jordan and LeBron, right. But I don't see an, a single other player that you could uh, you could say is objectively better than and or ben, more impactful to, for winning. I here, guess than he, yeah. And here's the thing, over time, he lost hair from his scalp. But guess what? <laughs> like that didn't he never lost a step, right? He never <laughs> lost a step on the court. He may have lost hair from his head, but he never lost a step on the court. That's and right. It, and it turns out, Ben, 
having hair on your head doesn't make you an NBA champ, okay? It's mm-hmm. heart it's heart over hair. I'm so mm-hmm. proud, man. I am so proud to be able to draft Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Again, I could go on and on about this guy. I mean, for, uh, he just a fascinating life. I mean, he was yeah. friends with Bruce Lee. He was in uh, Bruce Lee's martial arts films. Yeah, uh, Game he, Game of Death. Yeah. He, of course, you Where? mentioned his cameo as Roger Murdoch in the incredible film Airplane. Um, also, a lesser known, um, but I would say uh, just as uh, a- as important cameo in the movie uh, Troop Beverly Hills. Oh, that's uh, right. S- starring Shelley Long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, what was funny about this guy, Ben, is like. I think we're just going to have to save portions of this for the deep dive here, but it's oh, yeah. like, you know, he had a very, I would say, complicated relationship with the media. and right, sure. right, and, the, and the fans, yeah. And, and fans, rightfully so, I would say, rightfully mm-hmm. so. Uh, he grew up during a period of time in American history where, like, African-American men were suspicious of, of, of the media, um, of their portrayal in the media, of criticism, uh, mm-hmm. of powerful white men. and um, Especially an African-American man who was so intelligent and, and yes. outspoken as he was. Exactly. Um, and um, so what was really incredible about Abdul-Jabbar's role in the movie Airplane, which was obviously this brilliant comedic uh, film is he was playing he was playing the role of the co-pilot Roger Murdoch and the role runs completely counter to Kareem's very serious brooding public persona Right. Uh, you know, again, he was famously standoffish with the media. Yeah. With People the didn't think this guy had any sense of humor Turns whatsoever. Turns out he was really freaking funny. Wait a minute. I know you. You're Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You played basketball for the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm sorry, son, but you must have me confused with someone else. My name is Roger Murdoch. I'm the co-pilot. You are Kareem. I've seen you play. My dad's got season tickets. I think you should go back to your seat now, Joey. Right, Clarence? Oh, he's not bothering anyone. Let him stay here. All right, but just remember, my name is Roger Murdoch. I'm an airline pilot. I think you're the greatest, but my dad says you don't work hard enough on defense. And he says that lots of times you don't even run down court. And that you don't really try, except during the playoffs. The hell I don't. Listen, kid, I've been hearing that crap ever since I was at UCLA. I'm out there busting my buns every night. Tell your old man to drag Walton and Lanier up and down the court for 48 minutes. I fucking loved him in that movie. Oh, my God. It's just uh, such, such, such an incredible moment. Probably the greatest celebrity or athlete cameo in my opinion, in, in maybe in modern cinema. Yeah. This is a bald man, very proud to be bald. He, uh, you know, he, when he entered the league in, in uh, what was it, uh, 1969? I believe. Yeah, 1969. Yeah. He obviously came into the league, played for the Bucks with a full, really beautiful afro. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And eventually he converted to Islam and decided maybe living in Milwaukee, Wisconsin and being an Islamic seven foot three male isn't like the greatest place in the world to live at that point mm-hmm. in time and so he uh he was eventually traded to los angeles where he felt more comfortable where he went to college and, and that was a trade that he basically orchestrated himself that's which right was also revolutionary and way ahead of his time we talk about uh, the player empowerment era right like yeah i mean in some ways kareem was the original like 
empowered player. You know, he was yeah, a guy totally. that said like, this isn't working for me. I won a championship here with the Bucks. Uh, Oscar Robertson and Al Cinder obviously won a championship in 1971. They swept the bullets. Um, but you know, shortly after that, like the team struggled, Robertson was getting older. He retired. The team fell on hard luck. And again, like I said, Kareem at this point had converted to Islam and just felt like, eh, maybe I don't want to live in the Midwest in the early seventies as a seven foot three, uh, African American, uh, Islamic male. And, uh, Mm -hmm. so he orchestrates this trade to the Lakers and over the course of his career with the Lakers, as we watch his uh, his scalp, you just see more and more of it. The hair thins out, mm-hmm. and it was so, like beginning in like the early eighties. I, I would, would say, say, right? Yeah, I would say honestly, I sort of noticed it most when Magic Johnson joined the team. It seemed like right. if you think about Abdul Jabbar's career in a few acts, a few chapters, a few stages, it seems like you know there's the the high school and college period, right? There's his period in Milwaukee where he's this sensation, this rookie sensation, wins the championship. I mean, he brought the the Milwaukee Bucks, he brought the Milwaukee Bucks from a 27-win team to a 56-win team in his rookie year. Yeah. Um, and, and then won a championship in his second year. Second year, yeah. I mean, just, yeah. just, just <laughs> absolutely incredible. Um, and then the next, I guess you would call the next phase of his career was his eventual trade to the, uh, to the Los Angeles Lakers. And it was when he joined forces with magic Johnson, where I started to note, notice his hair thinning. He wasn't totally Mm -hmm. bald yet, but you start, you start to see a bit of, of a widow's peak. You start to see some, you start to see some, uh, scalp in the back there. Mm-hmm, um, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Kareem and Magic won a championship in uh, against Boston. The famous game, I believe, it was in what 1981. Was it when? Uh, well, 80 was when they was when yeah they yeah. won their first one together. Yeah, of course. When Magic played center for the yes. injured Kareem in, right. in Game Six. So Kareem severely sprains his ankle during Game Five of the 1980 NBA Finals uh, against uh, Dr. J and the Philadelphia 76ers. Magic starts in his place. And interestingly, man, uh, Magic Johnson just revered this guy. And Magic Magic filled in for Kareem in Game uh, 6 or 7. Game 6, he puts up 42 points, 15 rebounds, 7 assists, and famously... Magic said he actually tried to give his MVP trophy to Kareem, but Kareem wouldn't accept it. Hmm. And um, just so interesting, really fascinating guy, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He's he's a, a basketball legend. He's a writer. He's an activist. He's one of the great balds of all time. I'm very privileged mm-hmm. and proud to select him here in uh, round two of the Balds draft. Great pick, great, great pick. Um, and another guy who would eventually uh, go full bald, uh, right. you know, sh- shaving his head for like the last year, maybe two years of his career. Um, but I love that he, you know, he really waited. He didn't just do it immediately. He allowed his baldness to to shine, um, you know, as, as uh, sh- you know, Showtime accelerated his hairline, decelerated, I would say. Um, and, uh he really, you know, didn't didn't really have a problem with that um, until like, you know, I think maybe his last year when he when he just went the full full ball. That's right. Um, but yeah, fantastic pick. I mean, it was Man, such an interesting, awesome. such an interesting, uh, you know, very interesting rivalry between the Celtics and the Lakers. Obviously, of course, uh, over, over over the course of the '80s, and so it was 
let's see if I remember correctly, 1984, the Celtics won, right? Right. That was the first time they f- uh, faced each other in the right. finals, yeah. even though they had previously won against other teams. 84, the Celtics won, and it was sort of a, a referendum on Jabbar. Uh, he, mm-hmm. he, he really struggled. Robert Parrish really ate him up. And uh, he and Magic really sort of bonded in the offseason. I know they took it very personally, very hard. And in 85, they squared off again, the mm-hmm. Lakers and the Celtics. And Jabbar got destroyed in game one. Jabbar got destroyed right, right. to the point where... They, Was that like the, the massacre or whatever? Like the, um, yeah, basically they started... they called it? They, uh, Jabbar said like they started like shoveling dirt on his grave pretty much like all the journalists all the media people said like he's done that's it he's an old man and it was from a bald perspective it was like it was just that it was that bad stereotype of like the balding guy with right you're bald you're washed up yeah you're bald you're washed up you have the knee pads like you're good you're done you're done and he came back in game two and literally just destroyed and you know, the the Lakers went on to win that series in 85, won the NBA championship in 85 and 87, and he was an instrumental cog. And, you know, he just went out on a high note, and it was really cool mm-hmm. to see, you know, a prominent bald play at such a high level and be successful, be a cog, a key cog in a championship-winning team. So uh, very proud, again, very proud to select Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Great pick. Fantastic selection. Um, yeah, can't definitely can't argue with that one um and uh i am already very worried about the amount of research i am going to uh (laughs) obsess over uh i think i feel like that's gonna have to be like next summer like i don't think i can even handle uh, a kareem deep dive until Uh i have like a nice good block of free time because my god that's gonna be that's gonna be be a big one it's gonna be incredible um Okay, so moving on here with my second selection. Now, this is the fourth overall, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, It's the fourth overall pick. Yep, we are in round two. This is the fourth overall pick. It'll be your second bald. My second bald, Chris, is a man that was born with the name Lloyd, but came to be known as World. I am talking, of course, about World B3. Wow. Um, Incredible. Yeah. uh, AKA the Prince of Midair. One of the most uh, just flamboyant and eccentric and lovable uh, players in NBA history. Uh, World Be Free um, was uh, really a man ahead of his time. Um, And he was a beautiful, beautiful, fantastic bald. Um, he had, I would say, I would claim the greatest, uh, balding Afro in NBA history. Wow. 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 Um, yeah, we can go through sort of all the stages of his hair. Um, there is, uh, quite a, quite a bit to unpack here. Um, Ben, quick question. Do you, do you know if he, was he ever a teammate of Nate Thurman's? Uh, no, I believe he entered, um, just after Thurman retired. Well, let me um, begin, actually, let me begin by saying then the Warriors have a great legacy of incredible oh, yeah, yeah. balds. There's a lot of good, good balds that the Warriors uh, have produced over you the years. You just sent me, um, an email with some photos of World Be Free and the first few are of him wearing that iconic, 
uh, Warriors jersey that yeah. I was just looking at Nate Thurman wear. And um, my, oh, my, these guys look absolutely fantastic in that Warriors, that golden warrior yeah, jersey. Yeah, gold with the outline of, of the state of California and the star. the forehead, uh, the mutton chops. Uh, it's just, an, it's an incredible look. It's an incredible yeah. look. It's a it's like a flowing, flourishing bald. Um, so yeah, I mean, gosh, I could talk a lot about World Be Free. I, I feel like I shouldn't go too deep on this guy, um, but um, but to try to sum up, he was um, yeah, he was a real gunner, um, a fantastic scorer. He was uh, he grew up in in Brownsville in Brooklyn. He was a real uh, New York City playground legend. Hmm. Um, that's actually where uh, he earned his nickname. So as I said, he was born. Lloyd B. Free, um, and uh, and then growing up uh, on the playgrounds in New York, um, he was uh, he was just like an awesome player. Like in high school, went to uh, went to high school in, in, in Canarsie um, and became really well known. And so um, this is a, a quote that he gave a while back. According to Free, quote: "The fellows back in Brownsville gave me the nickname World when I was in junior high. Junior high, not even high school. In junior high, he was wow. playing on the playgrounds." Um, and they just started calling me all world because all city and all county and things like that weren't good enough. Finally, they just started calling me world. Um, and then another uh, story uh, has it that um, he uh, earned the nickname world uh, from doing by doing 360 degree slam dunks. Um, oh my God. Yeah. Um, so uh, another quote that he gave, uh, he says, that name was given to me from the streets of Brooklyn and the Brownsville section for being one of the talents from there. Um, they would nickname, uh, my nickname was all world for doing 360 slam dunks. The guy who nicknamed you was Herb Smith, um, who was another, uh, playground legend. Um, and, uh, an essay, a Sports Illustrated article from 1979, um, uh, has like a, this like sort of, uh, story where, uh, uh, Lloyd B. Free is, is playing on the playgrounds and, um, Herb Smith, another guy just yells out world, world hey lloyd needs a name and i'm naming him world because the world keeps spinning round and round um because that was just like his his kind of high-flying flamboyant game um so anyway he was drafted um uh by the uh, by the 76ers in uh in 1975 um in fact that was the same draft that the sixers selected daryl dawkins which is pretty uh mind-blowing um they selected Dawkins in the first round, and uh, and then Lloyd uh, be free in the second round. Um, he kind of had like a tumultuous time on the Sixers, uh, who of co- of course were at that time led by uh, Julius Irving and and other vets like uh, George McGinnis, um, Billy Cunningham. Uh, so he didn't get that much playing time, and he was kind of uh, you know cl- kind of clashed a little bit with his coaches, developed a bit of a reputation for being you know, tough to coach because he really had, um, he was really like one of the original, like, um, you know, kind of self-promotional, like real, um, just real confident, um, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a, kind of a chucker, kind of a gunner. Okay. Um, but, um, <clears throat> but because he had the talent, he was just awesome. Um, so after a, f- a couple of years in Philadelphia, he gets, uh, let go and, uh, and winds up on the San Diego Clippers, um, this is, of course, this is before they became the LA Clippers, um, and uh, and you may remember from our jerseys uh, draft that uh, the San Diego Clippers are a, a a team that's near and dear to our hearts. Um, 
So he winds up on the Clippers in uh, in 78 um, and basically is given free reign and just is handed the keys to the to the team. Love it in San Diego. Stolen by Wicks and Watts free go to it. That's 18 points in the first half. Lo and behold, explodes for 28.8 points per game that season. The following year, he averages 30 a game um, and is named an all-star uh, mm. for the first time in 1980. Um, in both seasons, he was uh, second only to George Gervin uh, for the um, the league scoring title. Um, and then um, played a couple years uh, uh, in Golden State, as we said. Um, and then, uh, in 82 goes to Cleveland, um, where he plays, uh, kind of the remainder of his prime, um, for four seasons in Cleveland and then, uh, rounds out his career with, um, a couple more years, one in, in back in Philadelphia and one in Houston God, man, before retiring. I, I gotta say, I'm just, I, I, I'm looking at this photo of him in the San Diego Clippers jersey. Oh yeah, might be my Beautiful. favorite look of all all the teams he played for. I mean, just God, the modern player could really take a page out of these these book uh, out of the book of these older guys. I mean, just yeah, embracing man. the baldness. Why not go bald with a gold chain, the yeah. high socks, high socks, the short shorts? Um, yeah, man, uh, it's just uh, it's just. It, I mean, it's an exceptional look. It's it's just. Yeah, you, you wish you would. You wish you would see more players embrace it. Yeah, yeah. He ha- uh, uh, world has what I like to call the uh, the Maurice White. Um, which, if you don't name uh, know the name Maurice White, he was the uh, the late great lead singer of uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Okay. Um, and he had just like a beautiful, massive afro that only covered like the back half of his head because he was balding. Um, but I I love how. Um, yeah, he, so he, he begins balding, you know, sort of in the late 70s, uh, mid, mid to late 70s, I would say. While he was still on the Sixers, you can see a couple photos where uh, his hairline is clearly receding. Yep. Um, but then by the time he gets to the Warriors in like 79, he's like, he's I, I don't care. Out. I'm still going to grow a full afro yeah, with mutton chops and a goatee yep. and I'm going to look fucking amazing. Um, there's actually an interesting quote that I found uh, in my research here. Um, where he, uh, in fact, references his own uh, hairline. So in like the late 80s, he, he gets into like, he had, like I said, kind of a reputation for being difficult to manage. Um, and he also got into some uh, pretty serious and complicated financial troubles mm-hmm. uh, thanks to this like kind of shitty agent that he had um, uh, who was like a friend of his, you know, back in the Brownsville days who like kind of suckered him into like managing him. Um, and, uh, and just kind of like, you know, messed up his finances. Um, so in, uh, in 1980, let's see, there's a, there's a, an article in Sports Illustrated, um, where he says, uh, quote, um, you know, I came out of a nobody school with no name, so I didn't expect to make a great amount of money, Free says. I didn't know nothing. I didn't even know how to open a checking account. But once I started playing and playing well, I felt I ought to start getting paid more. Then they told me I was locked into my contract. Um, this is when he was on the uh, the San Diego Clippers. They were paying him like like an ins- like a ridiculously insulting amount of money um, and uh, and just totally taking advantage of him. So there I was in San Diego scoring George Gervin type points and getting nothing for it. I'm a so-called troublemaker and I've got money problems. And then he says, with a rep like that, I could have disappeared from the league. I was getting real weak. 
I forgot about all the hard work I'd done, all the fun I'd had. That's when I started losing my hair. Wow. Um, wow. So he actually... Wow. He, I love that he actually admits, like, and kind of, like, you know, owns up to it and, and kind of, you know, explains, like, yeah, he was under a great deal of stress. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's kind of how, how, how that stuff works uh, sometimes with with male pattern baldness. Um, but, uh, anyway, yeah, like I said, he, he went on to have just an awesome career, um, really flourished, um, on the Warriors. And then, uh, later on in Cleveland, um, where he regularly was averaging, you know, 22, 24 points per game, 23 points per game. Um, and the entire time remaining, uh, proudly balding, never shaved his head, you know, got a little bit shorter, um, you know, by the mid eighties when he's on the, on the Cavaliers, um, but, um, but, you know, never, never shaved it. Gotta say, totally. Ben, I've never been a huge fan of the, of this Cavaliers jersey from the eighties, the bright orange jersey, but the bright orange, when I see world be free, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I kind of dig it now. Like, yeah, yeah. It like, kind of looks good on him. When right? I see such a handsome bald, I'm kind of like, yeah, then that's a scenario where I'd want to wear that jersey. If I was bald, if I could have high socks, if I yeah. had nice, like full mutton chops, like that's an incredible look. Um, yeah, he just, he, he looks so proud and so strong and so great in that Jersey with the ball. Yeah. And I, and I love that he was like, you know, again, just such a, such a flamboyant, flashy player. Like he, he really didn't, didn't hide anything. Um, he was very outspoken. Another quote that I found, uh, from the late seventies, uh, he, he, he says when he was on the uh, San Diego Clippers, he, he says, quote, I'm their card in San Diego. People come right out of their seats when I do my thing right out. Basketball is crazy. People talk about winning, but it's not really about winning. Times have changed. Today, it's a show. People want to see that razzle-dazzle, guys taking crazy shots and hitting them. You have to have some jazz in the game, because if you don't, people won't come out. Wow. So I just love that attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he embraced it fully. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, and then, yeah, uh, he, he did actually officially change his name from Lloyd Be Free to World Be Free in 1981. Uh, when he was with the Warriors, um, and uh, there's some, you know, a, a, some great backstory and some quotes about that, but I feel like I'm running a little long here on, on World Be Free, so uh, I'll leave that to the listeners to uh, to research. But um, but yeah, World Be Free, um, really one of the one of the great characters in, in NBA history and one of the great balls. All right, we're gonna hit pause there. Hope you guys have enjoyed the first part of the Balls Draft. My name's Chris Wendelkin. This is On The Line. You can tweet at us at onthelinepod underscore pod. Find us on Instagram. Check out previous episodes on our website, onthelinepodcast.com. Please, if you could, rate, review, subscribe to the show at Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. Tell your friends about the show. If they're looking for a new NBA podcast, we're the one that you want to recommend. Have a great week. Enjoy the NBA offseason. Get outside. Enjoy the fall weather. And I will talk to you next week week.